Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The Biden administration announced a plan today to give Americans hundreds of millions of high-quality medical-grade face masks. They're just doing that now? What? What are they sending out next? Sourdough starter? <laughs> That's right, the Biden administration will distribute hundreds of millions of high-quality masks through pharmacies like Walgreens and CVS. Unfortunately, they're behind the razors and the one guy with the key is on lunch break. That's some good commentary right there on the state of the world. Everybody reacts to the masks and tests the same way. Now? You're doing that now. Wow. This is almost over. All How right. about a guide to Tiger King distributed by the federal government <laughs> next? How to catch up on Tiger King, <laughs> the show everyone's talking about. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, there's some breaking news, and I'm confused by it. Havana syndrome unlikely caused by Russia or other U.S. foes, says the CIA. They're out with a report just in the last couple hours saying that the Havana syndrome, they don't believe is the work of uh, some bad guys or intentional or anything like that. It's just health problems. It's just pre-existing health problems that a bunch of our diplomats had. So, nothing to see here. Or stress. You know, that's interesting. I hung on the word attacks because I'd, I'd seen the, the news headline, uh, unlikely caused by attacks, but unlikely caused by really anything. Medical conditions, stress, or other or unexplained factors. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's the point of your report, to explain the factors. So people are just getting headaches, dizziness, fatigue, nausea, can't think right for the rest of their lives, and it's just, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're stressed out, or maybe you came in with, to this job with high blood pressure or something. I don't know. It sounds weird to me, but I'll have to look into it more. Yeah, CIA Director William, don't call me Montgomery Burns, said in a statement, uh, we are pursuing this complex issue with analytic rigor, sound tradecraft, and compassion. That's how we approach uh, approach the show every day, actually, with analytic rigor, sound tradecraft, and compassion. <laughs> uh, well, while we have reached some significant interim findings, we are not done. We'll continue the mission to investigate these incidents, all right, and provide access to world-class care for those who need it. Well, if it's like a pre-existing condition, why is the CIA worried about world-class care? I don't, that's an odd... Okay, yeah, we'll hang in there and, and follow it with you. God help you if you're a hamster in China. Authorities still uh, killing hamsters there in China. They went into a couple of pet shops there in Hong Kong and ordered uh, pet stores to hand over a total of 2,000 hamsters for euthanization. After 11 hamsters tested positive for COVID. They're really trying to crack down on the COVID. That's what that's all about. They're going to euthanize the hamsters? Are they? Are they just going to snuff them? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it's not the way we do it in the United States. I'm thinking it's probably pretty gruesome. uh, Read them their last rites, give them a final meal, let them meet with a priest, and then quietly put them to death? No, I think they're going to drown them all, or or God knows what else. Well, remember our our friend Ying Ma telling us a story about the way they handled neighborhood cats when she was a kid in China. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to go so easy on the hamsters, probably. But um, Speaking of COVID, so uh, I continue to have brain cramps from the dissonance of various stories about that reminds me judy who has the COVID, my beloved bride uh has uh, now had a nasty headache for a day and a half so that's the latest she doesn't feel terrible but uh so and you got nothing even though you're guaranteed to have the COVID. i feel like crap which i usually feel like but no i feel fine (laughs) 
by my standards. The normal level of feeling crappy. Oh, yeah. Right, exactly. Okay. I'm at my usual level. So I was listening to a story, and it doesn't really matter where. It was some hospital that is being overwhelmed by the number of cases that they have. They admitted in the story, I heard this on NPR, admitted is a pejorative word, I realize, but uh, they admitted in the story that close to half of the cases were discovered after the people got to the hospital. So it's, you know, you go in with high blood pressure, broken ankle, whatever the hell it is, they have to test everybody at the hospital and they find out, oh, dang, you got COVID. Um, But they're still doing full COVID protocols on everybody, and that is what's overwhelming hospitals, and I can see how this would be overwhelming. So if you get somebody comes in, and, uh, man, you could be in the emergency room for uh, mental health issues, just all kinds of things. They test you for COVID. It turns out you got COVID. They have to go into their COVID protocols. So you get a room of your own. You have special nurses and special outfits that have a special way of disinfecting themselves after they contact you. You're not allowed to have meals brought in by the normal meal service. You have other people that have, I mean, everything gets very, very, very complicated if you test positive for COVID. And there's no way the hospital can keep up with that. And the director of the hospital or the head of the nurses or whoever they were talking to said, uh, you know, we're we're close to being overwhelmed. And one of the problems is we have so many nurses that have COVID and are having to stay home. Mentioning several times throughout the story, the vast majority of people, something like a quarter of the people have no symptoms, and, uh, you know, uh, between them and the people that have very, very light symptoms, that's the majority of people. And then mentioning that so many nurses are staying home, and, and, and the guy actually said at one point, and then, and then sometimes I look out the window and I can see the bars and restaurants that are full of people, and I just shake my head. Dude, why, why can't anybody put all this information together in one story? You just said yourself that the people have no symptoms or mild symptoms. You look out the window. You know why the the bars and restaurants are full? Because people know they have the same information you have, and they're not worried about it. They don't think it's that big a deal. So maybe you don't make the nurses stay home, or maybe you don't treat that guy who's here on a 5150 who has COVID like he's got Ebola and go through all the histrionics around that. You're right. It's the disconnect that makes you crazy. It makes me crazy. Now, I don't know if there are some federal CDC rules or hospital rules or whatever that are making them treat every patient with COVID or ever every employee with COVID the same way we did a year and a half ago. But we got to stop. We got to stop. Well, yeah, they, I'm sure they have written protocols for how to deal well, with you COVID. Well, you got to change them. Right. Obviously. Right. Have a COVID a couple of floors. Everybody on the floor got COVID working there. Or those who are working there or don't have COVID, they don't care because they're triple vaxxed or whatever. They're young and healthy. They couldn't give a crap that somebody's got the sniffles down the hall. I don't know. It's just, it just seems so incredibly unworkable and unwise. So although all those nurses you've got staying at home with the COVID, who based on your own statistics, most of them are fine. Maybe have them come in and, 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 and serve meals to the patient that is fine and has COVID. Right. I guess. Right. But if you're going to follow those rules and treat COVID the way we did in the early going, yes, your hospital is going to be overwhelmed. How would you, how, uh, what, what other way would you get around it? I was reading a piece in the L.A. Times this morning about uh, COVID numbers, blah, blah, blah. And they went on paragraph after paragraph, town after town, county after county, region after region, talking about the number of cases. And at this point, I mean, the joke was well uh, well taken, well delivered about, wait a minute, you're passing out masks now. How can you, as a reporter, not grasp 
the idea that a rise in cases is statistically meaningless. If the number of people is, who are being tested is constantly changing, the methodology is, uh, methodology is constantly changing. Many of uh, the, uh, the, the huge majority of people are getting tested at home and never reporting their results. So you have a willy-nilly methodology asking the wrong question anyway, and they just hit you with paragraph after paragraph on it. It just, how can you not understand how that's meaningless at this point? That number is useless. It doesn't mean anything. Executive producer Hanson, Kamala Harris is on Good Morning America. We probably should keep our eye on that because I uh, promised myself I was going to say this at least once a day. It's time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Mm. I got <laughs> I got to get that printed out and put on the wall because that is going to be my mantra for the rest of my life. A and G t-shirt. It's my favorite thing she's ever said. It's time for us to do what we have been doing. And that time is every day. <laughs> that needs to be an A and G t-shirt. Let's get to work. Oh, God dang it. That's I funny. I would wear that proudly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So at his uh, exhaustive and exhausting press conference yesterday, the uh, president absolutely stated unequivocally he and uh, his lunkhead vice president would be running again. Lunkhead. Of course, everybody knows that's a, a fiction. I'll bet you Delaware you don't, I'd have said if I was at the, uh, at the press conference. We'll play some more quote-unquote highlights of that, among other well, things. Well, you know, in their defense, it's not an option to say otherwise, is it? It's not an option for him to announce, oh, of course I'm not going to run, I'm too old. No, of course Kamala Harris isn't going to be on the ticket. Nobody likes her. I mean, you can't <laughs> say that. Well, yeah, I understand why you don't want to out loud declare your lame duckery. Uh, but at the same time, it's like you always say uh, when Putin says, yes, they won 94% of vote. Who is that for? <laughs> I don't Nobody know. Nobody believes that. So you got an 80-year-old senile guy and an utterly talentless, charisma-free, unliked vice president saying, yeah, we'll run again. Of course we will. Who is that for? Charles C.W. Cook has got a piece in the National Review today, Biden's Year of Failure. Competence, moderation, humility, experience, mindfulness. These were the qualities Biden promised the country. In his first year, he has exhibited none of them. Maybe I'll read a little bit from that. Yeah, we've got so much to get to. A little quick bingo, bango, bango, uh, bingo, bango, bongo, maybe next uh, segment. Get a lot of stuff squeezed in. Plus, we've got a uh, late-night joke-off yeah, coming up. Right? Late, later this hour, we'll do a late-night joke-off as all the comedians took a shot at Biden in a press conference. So all that's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Late night joke off next segment. Oh, we haven't done a late night joke off in a while. Partially because we went through a period where none of the jokes made us uh, happy or laugh. They were unamusing. Which, uh, as Joe has often points out, renders them unjokes or not jokes. Um. But we'll do that at the bottom of the hour and a little more on the president's press conference from yesterday. Here's something I came across that I find quite interesting. Uh, it's out of Chicago. 
uh, where they're kind of the uh, poster child for crime being on the rise in America. Interestingly, Chicago's murder rate is lower than some other places, but it's such a big city, the total numbers are astonishing. Baltimore and St. Louis, I'm looking at you. Why is the crime up? Why Why a 25-year high in homicides in Chicago? Why? Essay in City Journal. They said, well, this is why. Chicago PD is down over 1,000 officers. New restrictions placed on officers that deter proactive policing. We all know in the wake of a, a number of high-profile police interactions, including George Floyd, but not limited to George Floyd, and 2,000-plus violent offenders that are out of jail. you got a couple of thousand violent offenders that are out, a thousand fewer police officers, and heavy restrictions on the way you're able to deal with these offenders. And you wonder, why is crime up? I don't get it. Must be something cultural. Wow, that is so funny. I happened to read this morning the New York Times version of the same question. We explore why murders surged in the U.S. And the one mention they made of the thousands of dangerous criminals who are now on the streets was maybe it was lower in the past because of mass incarceration. <laughs> you had more criminals in jail? Yeah, you'd have less crime when you got more criminals in jail. And and more guns. There are more guns. People bought lots of guns during the COVID, and right. that's probably why, because those guns are used in crimes. People, most, almost everybody who bought those guns, because the criminals tend not to buy their guns legally, almost everybody who bought those grunt guns bought those guns because of the crime rate and the fact that they know there are a lot of criminals out of jail and there are fewer police officers. That's why people bought guns. There was one thing they threw out that I found interesting to at least contemplate. They were talking about the pandemic. And they said, you know, social services and supports that help keep crime down vanished overnight. Schools could no longer keep unruly teens safe and distracted. Uh, point of order, they could have if they wanted to. And then a broader sense of disorder and chaos could have fueled a so-called moral holiday in which people disregard laws and norms. Mm. The moral holiday. It's like that movie The Purge, right? I don't, I'm not sure I'd buy it, but I thought it was an interesting notion. Well, isn't that kind of like the broken windows philosophy? You just kind of look around you and see the way things are now. And I think oh, that's a great point. Apparently, yeah. apparently the country's on a moral holiday. Yeah, that's a great point. Wow, I'm I, impressed. I, I that, that poor girl that got stabbed to death in Los Angeles. I mean, that just story's just so awful. But that has happened a number of times, and whether it's the meth that makes people insane or the the, the guy that stabbed her, they nabbed him yesterday, mm-hmm. and he's got a long, violent history. Shocking, I realize. I should have asked you to sit down before I hit you with that news bulletin. That Wait the guy a minute. Sta- if he had a long, violent history, why was he not in jail? The guy that stabbed this poor girl had displayed in various states around the country who he was for years, and we let him be out and kill this poor girl. And I, of course, every time I hear that story, think about the homeless guy that luckily only verbally attacked me and my kids at a restaurant, and he's now in prison, but we came very close to actually uh, throwing blows, and he he claimed he had a gun, but if he had a knife or something like that, and he was a guy, because the reason that I think about this was he is a guy, when I started doing research on him, I did research on him myself, because the DA was not interested he had beaten up an old woman in a drive through in McDonald's in Utah. He'd attacked people in Oregon, Nevada, Hawaii. He'd been doing this his whole life. 
And then thank God at that moment he didn't have a gun or a knife when he was uh, saying the things he was going to say he was going to do to my kids there. Wow, you you and 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 the next victims got lucky somehow. Absolutely, because the new policy is you let them offend and offend. You let them hurt, beat, stab, terrify until somebody dies, and then the justice system decides, well, this person's dangerous. But you gotta have some innocent person die before anybody thinks. Uh, well, otherwise, it's mass incarceration. Or as I, mean, the, I swear to God, we've lost our minds. Or as the first cop I called said, you know, the real tragedy is that we don't have uh, more uh, more services for people like this. Oh, it makes me so angry every time yeah, I, I relive that. I know it. Well, speaking of crime and punishment, totally different topic in a way. Uh, if you're a U.S. Olympic athlete and you have a beating heart and a soul, you might want to keep your mouth shut about China and their concentration camps and their slaves and the raping and the world domination and the rest of it. China's organizing Olympic Committee warned that foreign athletes may face punishment for speech that violates Chinese law at the Winter Games. How can you send your athletes into that? Any expression that is in line with the Olympic spirit, I'm sure, will be protected, said Yang Shu, blah, blah, blah. Any behavior or speech that is against the Olympic spirit, especially against Chinese laws and regulations, are also subject to certain punishment. How do you send your athletes to a country that makes that statement out loud? Oh, my God. We have a late-night joke-off coming up. And if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm going through the echo sphere on Biden's press conference yesterday. He talked for two hours, and that's a long time for an old man to talk. And uh, clearly the standout, possibly history-making parts were the minor incursion into Ukraine, which we've talked about and we'll talk more about, but also in particular him casting doubt on the legitimacy of the upcoming election. Absolutely Trump-like and unbelievable that he did that yesterday. Brian York in the Washington Examiner writing, uh, Joe Biden basically said yesterday, the only way to stop the steal, and he's running a stop the steal campaign also, Joe Biden is, the only yep. way to stop the steal is to pass the Democratic voting bill. If you don't do it, as Byron York uh, writes, run the election how I want or I will say it was rigged. That is basically what Joe Biden said yesterday. Man, that is playing with fire. As we set all-time record turnouts, you know, it's just it's just unbelievable. So irresponsible. So, interestingly enough, the Ukrainian president has come out and rebuked Joe Biden on his minor incursion comment. Uh, this is really big stuff in terms of international relations. Uh, first of all, let's play the clip, and then we'll explain. Coming up, a late-night joke-off as the comedians took on the rambling old man in his press conference. <laughs> uh, he, he talks about the various um, sanctions that might happen and, and the rest of it, why Putin shouldn't uh, invade Ukraine. But then he said uh, a couple of things uh, really notable. Uh, play his clip. Well, which one's the minor incursion one? It's no longer labeled. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. 
All right. We've moved backwards somehow. Where Where is the whole clip that contains that? Uh, give, give me 45. I think that he is dealing with what I believe he thinks is the most tragic thing that's happened to Mother Russia in that the Berlin Wall came down, the empire has been lost, the near abroad is gone, etc. The Soviet Union has been split. Um, but think about what he has. He has eight time zones, a burning tundra that will not freeze again naturally, situation where he has a lot of oil and gas, but he is trying to find his place in the world between China and the West. And so I'm not so sure that he has uh, David, I'm not so sure he has uh, is certain what he's going to do. My guess is he will move in. He has to do something. So that's pretty amazing that the president of the United States said, my guess is he will move in. I don't know if that was a strategic, uh, I dare you or what, but then asked on how it would react or what it would take for us to react. And this is where he really made news. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do etc but if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border it is going to be a disaster for russia if they further invade ukraine so the president of ukraine leveled this unmistakable blast at the POTUS. We want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions and small nations, just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones. I say this as the president of a great power. It's a heck of a thing for the pres- for President Biden to say on a, on a number of levels and for a number of reasons, including, as everyone is pointing out, how does China read that? Ooh, right. minor incursion into Taiwan is re, is treated differently than a major incursion. Okay, maybe we can nibble a little bit. Well, and if you think that, well, Angie, I'm not sure if he meant blah, blah, blah. His staff went nuts and walked it back and cleaned up aisle four immediately after the press conference, issuing this statement, which is oddly at odds with the bosses. If any Russian military forces move across the Ukrainian border, that's a renewed invasion, and it will be met with a swift, severe, and united response from the United States and our allies, well, said President Joan Psaki, Jen Psaki. Yeah. I think the president uh, allowed the world to see what his thinking is around a minor incursion. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Let's see. Do we have a minute? Uh, da, 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 da. Do we have? Which obviously invites that sort of thing, which could start a war. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Uh, why don't we move along? We'll do move on. We'll do the late night joke off. I'd love to play the actual stuff about the the election and 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 such a little bit later on this morning because there were a lot of things said. Plus, just the it's hard to we need to find the clips to help communicate to you the. Utter aimless rambling of the old man, which was something. You got a sense of it there, him trailing off in long silences and anyways and, and such. Which is part of the point of these jokes, I guess. So what? Uh, how does the late night joke off work? We haven't done one in so long. 
Well, we will play a variety of jokes from a variety of comedians. I, Joe Getty, will rate them. I will grade them as if they are uh, humble grade schoolers, and the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy <laughs> for life. Well, that's a harsh penalty. Yep. All right, well, here we go. Tomorrow is one year of Joe Biden's presidency. And to mark the occasion, yeah, give it up. Hell of a year. Hell of a year for everybody. To mark the occasion, for some reason, he had a press conference today. Then again, he's 79. I guess he's always going to go for the early bird special. (laughs) I'll have the orange roughy. Biden took question after question about Russia, COVID, voter rights. He really got into why the Denny's breakfast menu is so sticky all the time. (laughs) He was optimistic overall. He said we're going to see more change in the next 10 years than we've ever seen. And he's been keeping that change in a mason jar in the trunk of his Model T. Oh, geez. Well, guys, this afternoon, President Biden held a press conference to mark his first year in office. The press conference kicked off at 4 p.m. You can tell it was really important for Biden because that's right in the middle of dinner. <laughs> Four o'clock is when I put my jammies on. <laughs> it was his first formal press conference at the White House since March of last year. In Biden's defense, that one just wrapped up a few days ago. <laughs> I had an old friend named Three-Toed Larry. He had a big toe, middle toe, and another big toe. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Difficult. I laughed twice. Why is the menu at Denny's so sticky? <laughs> I will tell you this. They all made essentially the same joke. All right. right. Colbert, Colbert didn't make Bear. me laugh at all. Colbert with a C minus, and that's generous. Kimmel with a solid B. He found an original way to express the thought. Fallon started out with a D, but then rallied with three toad Larry. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Stephen Colbert banned from comedy for life. Uh, uh, I was going to mention though one thing. I, I did catch this live that I thought was uh, was true that the president said and pretty interesting. Um, it was kind of on the you know world order and this and that and what's going on in the world. And he said, "Look, things are changing a lot. They just are. I'm, I'm not you know they're going to change no matter what." And that that is true. I think the world is going through a period of change that. Uh, presentism leads us to think we can have a big effect on, but I was, I was comparing it to, you know, headed into the world wars, Great Britain was the dominant military power in the world. Coming out of the world wars, they were not, we were. Nothing was going to change that. I mean, there was no, you know, nothing a prime minister did or legislation or anything, nothing was going to change that. The world was changing. Things were changing. And it's just the way it was. And I, I thought when President Biden hit on that, I thought that's that's really interesting. You know, if you're a politician, I think you got to act like you can affect the change at a great level. But things are changing in a lot of ways. Well, I think that's especially true because we've evolved as an electorate to the point where we want the president to be some sort of all-powerful wizard slash Santa Claus slash our mommy and accomplish everything for us. You know, the federal government and especially the president. Which is, it's unhealthy, unrealistic, and just not very smart. Uh, more to come uh, after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, the best home security system you can get. Uh, you got your uh, indoor and outdoor cameras, super high def, love it, comprehensive sensors, all monitored around the clock by trained professionals who send help the instant you need it. I recommended to somebody to uh, Simply Safe to somebody the other day, IRL in real life, which is my highest compliment from in, for any product. 
Because I said Simply Safe is, first of all, Simply Safe is just the best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News and World Report. So you got that. But the fact that it's so easy to set up and use and no long term contracts or commitments, that's huge. Also shows how confident they are in their product. Yeah, that's right. They are in your business every day. So hurry, take 20% off your Simply Safe system and get your first month of monitoring free when you sign up for the interactive monitoring service. Visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash Armstrong for 20% off your entire system. Scumbags come onto your land. You're going to see their face. You're going to read their license plate. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Kamala Harris is going on all the shows today insisting the U.S. won't accept a minor incursion by Russia of Ukraine. I uh, I would say to any pundit who says that wasn't a big deal, well, they're sure acting like it's a big deal. Uh, they came out immediately after the press conference with a number of statements to clean that up, and they sent out the vice president to all the morning talk shows today to make it clear that a minor incursion isn't all right. So they well, must little, think it's... A little counterpoint, if it was a really, really big deal, they would have sent out a non-idiot <laughs> to counter that's, the narrative. That's not a nice thing to say. It's not a nice thing to say. Um, I'm not here to be nice. Um, but I'm so, here to chew gum and tell the truth, and I'm all out of gum. Hey, it's time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. You know, um, that's a good point. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want to get caught up in this vein just because it wears me out, but remember when Trump would do anything and the media would go crazy about damaging relationships with allies and starting wars with his loose talk? How about to, uh, doing damage to our institutions? Right, and, and, and uh, talking about rigged elections and the damage. Biden did all those things yesterday. That doesn't excuse Trump doing it, but it nope. just shows that we haven't we haven't gained anything on those two fronts. I, yeah, at least Trump closed the borders. At least Trump told China what's up, what time it is. Frustrating. I'd be interested in some of your opinions on the text line at 415-295-KFTC. We have much more on this on the way. Armstrong and Getty. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. The president of the United States, Joe Biden, has been very clear on the subject of Ukraine, which is that if Russia takes aggressive action, there will be severe and swift consequences that there will he be didn't a price to say to that yesterday though at the news conference that's why there's some that's why i think clarification is needed well what? we are very clear and we've been very clear with putin that any aggressive action taken by russia will meet a cost a severe cost unless it's minor so they're sending out the vice president to try to clean up a statement he made very clearly and thoughtfully yesterday but whatever what are you going to do? You got an uh, an ancient, senile old man as president, so. Well, I bad at care. Yeah. You know, if I'm Putin, I send a bunch of underaged, mineral-seeking diggers into Ukraine. Minor miners, <laughs> but just a few miles into Ukraine. 
it is a minor, minor, minor incursion, Mr. President. It's good to live in the United States where all this stuff is theoretical about other countries, since at least at this point, nobody can invade us. But as I mentioned, when I was in the hospital with my gallbladder attack, I brought this up to a Ukrainian nurse and she started crying. It's serious deal if you live in a country and a big bully country is about to invade you and kill anybody that gets in the way. Kill your young men. Yeesh. There are no minor incursions, Mr. President, said President yeah. Zelensky of Ukraine. Right, and then when the world's policeman, the most powerful military in the world, the most powerful man in the world says, hey, if it's a minor incursion, you know, we'll have to discuss whether or not. When, when they say that, you think, what? What the hell? Because I live close to the border, they can come in and kill me and my family and take my stuff. That's not, nobody's going to stop that. Right. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, craziness, craziness. So we want to be sure to bring you this uh, clip as well. It's rather a large exchange. People who paid attention and understand the significance of it are making a pretty big deal of it. The president called into question the future elections. That's funny. I thought that was a sin beyond uh, all the pale of decency, Donald according to Trump everybody in the media. called into question the legitimacy of the election, and Biden's been doing it now for weeks. Weeks. Byron York and the Washington Examiner going through all the quotes from recent weeks and answering questions, press conferences, the giant speech he gave in Georgia, and then what he said yesterday. He is laying the groundwork, Trump-like, to challenge the results of the election if they're close in 22 and they don't go the direction he wants. It's exactly what he's doing. Clip 52, Michael. Speaking of voting rights legislation, if this isn't passed, do you still believe the upcoming election will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate? Well, it all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. And it's one thing, look, maybe I'm just being uh, too much of an optimist. Remember how we thought not that many people were going to show up to vote in the middle of a pandemic? We had the highest voter turnout in the history of the United States of America. Well, um, I think if, in fact, no matter how hard they make it for minorities to vote, I think you're going to see them willing to stand in line and, and defy the attempt to keep them from being able to vote. I think you're going to see the people we're trying to keep from being able to show up showing up and making the sacrifice that needs to be made in order to change the law back to what it should be. That was utterly incoherent. The more I listen to it, the more astounded I am by it. There are about 15 things wrong with that rambling screed. He regularly states with little challenge that the Republican Party is just trying to stop black people from voting. That's just that's just flat out happening. That's just a given. He said in Georgia a week ago, no matter what the voters have said, no matter what the count, the votes of nearly 5 million Georgians will be up for grabs. If that law holds. So if you don't pass this federal takeover of voting, it's just, it's just a, well, it's a steal. Stop the steal. You know, and there were so few f- good, aggressive follow-up questions yesterday. I mean, sir, have you over-promised and under-delivered? 
was was cited, was hailed in the mainstream media as some tough questioning of the president. Are you kidding? A local city councilman could could parry that question. How about you ask the, the, the president, the voting laws, sir, in your home state of Delaware are more strict in many ways than Georgia's. The voting laws in Colorado are more strict than Georgia's, and yet you insisted the All-Star game be moved and you're calling Georgia Jim Crow. Is Delaware engaged in Jim Crow-style voting suppression, sir? Nothing within 20 miles of that. So he's asked a couple of times about this. You said it depends. Uh, is there any way that the voting wouldn't be legitimate? And Joe Biden said, I'm not going to say it's going to be legit. The prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these reforms passed. Again, in other words, either these get passed, which they're not going to, that's a done deal, or the, the election is going to be legitimate. That's a heck of a thing for the president of the United States to lay out. Go ahead, Dana Milbank, Maureen Dowd, all you scribblers. Uh, tell us about how Biden's uh, trying to get a dictatorship going, how he's going to try to usurp the Constitution and stay in office. Go ahead. Tell us about it. Wow, that's dangerous. Yeah, nobody's ever done that before. I mean, you know, not to go into a history lesson, but when uh, Joe Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy, stole the election for Jack and screwed Richard Nixon in Cook County, Chicago. Uh, Nixon knew it. The proof was there. But he said it'd tear apart the country to pursue this. We'll just let them have this one. We'll come back uh, next time. Well, we're doing the opposite now. The opposite. And it's dangerous. One president claims it was stolen, so the next president of the other party claims it's it's going to be stolen. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. You're gonna, how long will it take to rebuild Americans trusting elections? Maybe the rest of my lifetime, if ever. Major transgender sports update on the way. I saw that. It's not good news, right? Uh, I think it is good news. Oh, really? Okay. News. Maybe, yeah. there's, maybe there's another story I haven't seen. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.